This is Strange Assembly, episode 124, Sally. Welcome back to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. I am Chris Stevenson, and here with me today are Jay Earl. Hey. And Mike Cook. And today we're going to look back upon uh, 2013. Each of us is kind of going to address that in the way that they want. I'm, of course, very boring and mathematical and charty, so I, I tend to think of it in, in, okay, so what were the good games from 2013? I think Mike's going to be a bit more, uh, you know, thoughtful about it or something, and Jay's probably going to say squeak. I, you know. Squeak. There you go. You'll probably say Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, I I seem to recall him saying Kickstarter an awful lot a couple episodes ago. Of course, I said it a yeah. times too, not necessarily for things that I had kickstarted, but yeah. Well, you know, it's a whole bunch of kicks, games that I kickstarted wanted to get in right before Christmas, so I had like four or five different games come in within the span of a week or two. Um, I do. I, I do out of those. I, I yeah. I, now I wish I had uh, kickstarted Star Realms, but uh, what you gonna do? So let's start with you, Mike, in your uh, less rigorous sort of way. What what did 2013 for you, gaming wise? Oh, 2013 was pretty interesting. I saw a number of things. I thought well, one of the biggest things is that. It really feels like we're really hitting a uh, board game glut. We're, get, we're seeing a lot of board games every year. It's so many that it keep, it's hard to keep track of, basically impossible to keep track of everything that comes out, and even the good stuff. And because of that, I, I noticed that a lot of it is really... There, there's not a whole lot of innovation anymore. I mean, there's only so much you can innovate, I suppose, anyways. But there's a, a lot of refinement and a lot of, hey, we're going to do these mechanics, but... You know, not in any kind of satisfying way. Those have been most of the board games that I've played. They've either been had the same mechanics and been better, or had the same mechanics and been like, well, I'd rather just play this other game. Well, how, how often does a truly new mechanic come up with any way? We could say Dominion was that. but Dominion was that, but I mean, even you look at... You look at Love Letter, and I feel like, you know, the, none of these are truly 100% original, but it doesn't have to be original. It just has to be something done in a different way. I, I feel like Trains has, it's not really innovative. They've, people have done things, have had uh, deck building games where you do things with the cards before, but Trains to me felt like it was the most substantial and successful. I also feel like the, uh, the Warhammer game, which is slipping my mind. Uh, Disc Wars? No, 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 not Warhammer, uh, War Machine. The, the War Machine hoards the uh, the card game, High Command. Right. So I, I really feel like High Command, I've still got like a couple uh, small problems with it, but I thought it was a fairly innovative, different way of doing that deck-building style of game. You know, it's got a lot of those aspects, but it's not really the same thing. But it, I also played a lot of games, like we played the uh, Euphoria, and it had some, you know, it had some similar mechanics, like mishmashed in a different way, but it, it never came together for me. I didn't really, I don't know, for me personally, I never thought that that was, you know, anything great. And then I played something like Terra Mystica, which has a lot of 
new it has a lot of old ideas once again kind of mishmashed together but i really like it so i I just i thought that was pretty interesting and another big part for me was that a lot of my gaming has moved on to the ipad there's been quite a few board games that have moved on in the past couple years that have uh moved on there like uh is it cave story or cavemen i can't remember stone age stone age I'm an idiot. <laughs> hey, basically the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I feel dumb saying that. But uh, Stone Age, I've never played the physical copy, but I've played at least a dozen games on my iPad because I really like that game. I'm not even sure how much I'd like it if I had to physically set up all the components that it needs, but still, there it is. Yeah. Have you have you tried on the iOS or whatever a game that I have played a lot on the iOS, A Brief History of the World? I have not tried that yet, no. I think that worked has worked really well on the iOS. I've got all these sort of deck builders, and then I've got things like Kalis and Lahav on the iPad, but you know, I, I don't know how much how often I have time to sit down there and do the whole thing, but a brief history of the world is is thinky. It's not just the same thing as okay, here's yet another deck builder and but but it's fast enough that you can like kind of just get it done when you're sitting there for ten minutes. Right. But it's a Sadly enough, I, probably the most known comparator for somebody might be something like Small World, which I'm not nearly as much of a fan of. But it's it's got this yeah. whole the whole uh, there are six epics and each epic you're a different human empire and you kind of expand out and then at the end of each of your turns you get points for all the stuff that you still have scattered around the board from this epic and prior epics. Yeah. But I'll actually I'll check that out. Well, part of it is that it the Apple Store makes it really hard unless you know what you're looking for. Even sometimes when you know what you're looking for, it, it's real hard to find stuff a lot of times. <laughs> this this is what you do when you go onto Board Game Geek and you see the news. Wait until there's a news post that says iOS games sale, and then see what's yeah. ninety nine cents this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say. I mean, even if I look at a big game, a, a big game distributor like uh, Fantasy Flight, a lot of their games this year have not been really new games. It's just been redefined games, uh, like the Battle Lore, where they've gone through and redone it, and that looks really good, the Disc Wars that they redid. And I don't think these are bad things. I mean, these are good properties. Eldritch Horror is basically Arkham Horror, you know, slightly tweaked and on a different scale. I really like it. And even, even when I do say, oh, well, you know what? This game isn't quite as good as this other older game. You know, sometimes, as much as I love games, sometimes I do just kind of get tired of them. But as much as I like Dominion, I... I have problems going back to Dominion anymore. It's just so... I don't know. It's the, so the same thing over and over, even with different cards. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean on Dominion. I, I've got all this Dominion hitting here, and Dominion was just a fantastic game, and I played a ton of it, and now... You're burned out. And it's been a while since I even played it much, but yeah, it's it's almost like I'd, I'd rather play some other deck-building game, even if, in some objective sense... I might think it's worse than Dominion, or I mean, we're not as good as Dominion because I mean, being worse than Dominion doesn't really say much because you know right. Dominion's really good. But it's just like I, it's worth it for the variety. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, th- I guess that's that. That's been most of my ga- year of uh, board gaming in 2013. I wonder if some of that could be a a sign of maturity in the industry, right? That's that's the sort of thing yeah. like you get with. Uh, like with movies, people complain, oh, it's all sequels and remakes. from all, But there's a reason why there are sequels and remakes, because 
you've got some existing property, some existing thing that people like, and you, so, you know, it, it makes financial sense to go back and, and draw on that again. And so tabletop gaming as a thing now, maybe it's been big enough, long enough that it starts to make sense for companies to actually go back and, and do things like, you know, hit up second editions more and remakes and rethinkings and, Right, I mean, the, well, there's, yeah. there's certainly nothing wrong with taking a solid mechanic and improving on it, assuming yeah. you're actually improving on it. Or, or even a, a good idea like Battle Lore. Battle Lore had some interesting things to it, it just had some problems. And you go and you look in the Battle Lore 2nd Edition, they've gotten rid of a lot of those problems. A lot of the problems that I had with that game, I haven't gotten to play it yet. But even just looking through the rules, I'm like, I would probably have a much better time with this. And even better than their Game of Thrones remake that they made. Kickstarter and and what else? What was your uh, 2013 in gaming, Jay? Kickstarter sort of dominated the last half just because I did, in the spring, do a bunch of Kickstarters that all came out there. But I think for me, a lot of it was more of the social games simply because the group that I most often play with has grown to five and then six members. And so when you're talking five- and six-player games, a lot of them are things like Coup or The Resistance that I love, but are the type of things that are relatively mechanically light and more about the social interaction that you're going on, which I like. I mean, there's a reason we play those games. I would say that's been a large part of my year. Oh, and I would just kind of piggybacking on that. I feel like there's a lot better medium-sized games. Like, you had a lot of, you know, the board games that we like that are really strategic tend to be fewer in number, just because if you try to add it, it adds to the time just terribly, and it's hard to balance. Or there'd be large games like Werewolf or uh, Mobster, uh, Mafia or whatever you want to call it. But a lot of these mediums that are like five to ten people are really just now kind of coming around in the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I, some of that goes in with some other trends. Uh, I think a lot of those games that are smaller numbers are, I mean, they're lighter for one. There's more of a willingness, especially over the last year and a half with the success of Love Letter, to print things that are smaller and lower price points, and especially right, because the their 10, simplicity. $15, $20 games. Yeah, and those can be things, you know, like Coup that can lend themselves to higher player accounts because they're really straightforward mechanics to go with those those smaller products. And, and along with the overall lighter, I think that diverts energy towards this sort of thing because on the very, very heavy end, I feel like on the very, very heavy end, there's less emphasis on that now, especially length. I mean, I... That may just be me complaining about it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> complaining about it. Well, no, I don't. I don't. No, I don't think it's you. It's it's very hard. If the game is going to take much more than an hour, that cuts out a substantial chunk of people. I think anymore who want to play. Like if I'm at a you know a game group or something, there's a reason why people who don't want to play games that take much more than an hour. If a game is going to take more than two hours, it's almost impossible to get to the table. Oh, I would really like to play Here I Stand. I'd have to like buy that thing and then schedule it six months in advance and then work to get people who want to come down and spend six hours playing one game. It, you know, it's just really 
It's just hard to do. It's always been hard to get a game of diplomacy going. I mean, and that's a lot the same type of thing. I think there's also something to be said for intimidation factor. Monopoly doesn't look like it's going to take four hours. It just does take four hours. Let me just note that I'm quite okay with diplomacy never, ever being played ever again, ever. So, I'm just I saying. I love diplomacy. If there's somebody I want to hate, that's exactly the game we play. <laughs> I think Game of Thrones does a lot of what diplomacy does and streamlines a lot of it. That's part of what I like about it. But there is a certain streamlined elegance to diplomacy as well. It's just that it takes forever to explain and then by the time you're done explaining it, it's like, well, we don't even have really time. It's almost something, I feel like it's a better game that you want to do, like, mail, by, you know, by email or whatever, because then you have time to talk to each other and make alliances, and the longer you can draw out turns, typically the better. Even a Game of Thrones, though, I bought a Game of Thrones 2nd Edition over the summer, and I have brought that game consistently to game days and things, and I have not gotten it played yet. I think that's the other thing, is you've got so many games now that only take an hour or half hour, an hour and a half. You could play two or three of those, and in the time you're playing one Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think they both have a place, it's just harder to get that done. I think you do end up having to schedule it, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you can get a more variety of games, and you've got so many options for, for good ones to play now, and you can you know swap around people at the tables i guess that's not a thing if it's it's just the same group of four or group of six at the thing but if, if i go to to swag and there are 15 or 20 people there that's southwest atlanta uh gamers you know that yolo that that, that can be a uh, <laughs> uh, that can be another ask that people like to change it up and get games in with different people over the course of the day well okay let's let's bring it back to my uh uh, more mechanical segment it's the end of the year and so it's sort of time to unofficially say what the best things of of the prior year were and i guess this time i'm I'm thinking more about just the inherent limitations of doing this even though i feel like we should do it and the first sort of limitation is that you haven't actually played anything i mean there's a reason why i think very very wisely, the Dice Tower Awards don't get given out until the middle of the the next year. Because sitting here at the end of 2013, I am not going to, but I could go through and, and identify at least 10 games that I have a particular interest in playing that I think might be really good, but that I haven't gotten the chance to play yet. And that's that's especially because a lot of them tend to be coming out more towards the e- more towards the end of the year, Essen sort of releases, and then there's always confusion about what exactly came out in a given year. For example, the if you listen to the to the Dice Tower end of the year podcast, many many of their contributors identified Robinson Crusoe as the cooperative game of the year, despite the fact that Robinson Crusoe came out in 2012. It's just that most of the people on that show, like us, are in the United States, and most of us in the United States didn't get to play it until 2013. But you still have this awareness of it. The the European and U.S. markets are are linked enough, and the conversations in those communities are linked enough that there's an awful lot of of information flow. You know, it's not like things come out anymore in Europe that we don't know about. 
you also have Gen Con. When is the actual release? When it was released or because they sold like 200 copies of Gen Con? Gravwell's like that because it really just kind of came out last week, but it was also released at Gen Con. Yeah, and, and there's another one that it would be nice to to play before passing on things. But I think that seems fair, I think, to reasonably go with the, well, look, if it, if it came out in 2012, then it's a 2012, and we just kind of acknowledge that when we sit here at the end of a calendar year that there are going to be gaps in that. But then now I think a different question has sort of come up with, well, what about the Asian games? Theoretically, you should be like, well, why don't we just apply the same, you know, we should just apply the same standards. But unlike the European market, we really have no communication going through with that. Love Letter was something that AEG picked up and, and tossed down almost immediately. But some of their other big in Japan releases are games that have been out for years in Japan, and we have no clue that they exist over here because there just isn't that same kind of of information flow. And that becomes pertinent this year, or for 2013, because of Trains. Because I think is tra- I think Trains is one of the games you want to talk about from 2013, but it's actually a 2012 game if you look at when it was published in Japan. But it's it's not like... Terra Mystica or Robinson Crusoe, which came out in 2012, but we all knew that they were out, and there was lots of buzz, and there was lots of discussion and reviews of them on BoardGameGeek, and some people had them at cons, and and maybe you could get a play-in. Trains was just... Well, you knew that AEG had picked it up, and then, bam, it hits in the middle of this year. I I guess not literally nobody, but... I'm going to use it a little exaggerated. Like, nobody had this. It wasn't at, at cons. It wasn't hanging around. You weren't really seeing English-language reviews of it going up on, on BGG. So, is that a 2012 game, or is that a 2013 game? I like to put things in nice little boxes, right? How many licks does it take? So, I guess with, with that, then, I'd say we, it's unfair, but I feel a little saddened looking at 2013 because it's so less impressive than than 2012 because 2012 was really, really impressive. It's a transient sort of thing, and I reserve the right to change the way I do rankings or the particular rankings I give a game at, at, at a moment's notice. But at least for right now, when I, when I rank things, or when I rate things, rather, on BGG, I try to follow the way that they describe the ratings, and that generally ends up me having a notably lower average rating for games than I think a lot of of BGG or folks do. If I give a game a 5, that's like, well, there's nothing wrong with the game, but it wasn't exciting to me. I'd play it again, but I'm not going out of my way or anything like that. 6 is sort of like, okay, that was fun. I liked that. That was a good game. Or, or at least, you know, depending on how you... I should also probably be more effusive with my use of adjectives. I feel uncomfortable calling that a good game, because I feel like good should be some higher mark than it really is. But if you say, well, it's not a good game, well, something I gave a six I thought was fun, I want to play it again. How is that not a good game? I, but, I mean, so the average I give is like five and a half. So I give a lot of games fives. I give a lot of games sixes. My next most common rating is a four, which means I didn't didn't like it really. So when I give a game a 7 or higher, to me, that is really putting a a big thumbs up on it. Like a 6 is, you know, I guess a seal of approval, right? This is a game. Hey, you should go play this one. 
if I give it a seven, I'm like, ah, this is this is really good. Uh this is this is definitely something I want to haul out again. It's something up there. And if I look at 2012 games, there are like 12 at least of those games that I gave that kind of rating to in 2012, and that's a ton. And in 2013 so far, if you count Trains as a 2013 game, so far there are three. And that's just a lot less. So, I guess if you guys were picking out a game or a handful of games that were sort of like the best games of 2013, of what you have had the chance to play, what would you single out? At this time, right, this is what you think at this time, based on what you've played right now, Maybe a week from now, you'll be tired of something, but at least right now, what would your answer be? I think I'm going to go Viticulture and Coup. I like both of those games quite a bit. I also actually, I, I did like Viticulture. I want to play it again, because I haven't gotten to play it very much. But uh, the ones I know came out in 2013, Viticulture, uh, Pathfire, Pathfinder Adventure card game, I've had a lot of fun with that by myself and with a friend, and Elder Chore, all of those are quite good. Yeah, Elder Tour is definitely one that I uh, I want to get. I I was actually tempted to pre-order Elder Tour, and I and I ended up not because I'm usually reluctant to do that. But I I like Arkham Horror, but it's very I mean it's right. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of little bits. It's hard to get. And Eldritch was supposed to be a little bit more streamlined, revamped, kind of like what you were maybe what you were talking about earlier, Mike, where you're kind of taking an existing thing and improving it. Not necessarily coming up with some sort of new thing. So, but that's yeah. one I haven't had to play. But I, the three I would identify are one we talked about the other time, which I have I have just added to this, which kind of shows you know what happens when you get tip into the next year, uh, and that was Star Realms. Like I said in in episode one twenty two, I can't really single out anything mechanically in this game that makes me in some sort of objective say sense. Hey, this is great, but. I really want to play that again. When Jay and I played that, like we, we all, I mean, often we're like, we want to play a thing once, we play the thing twice, okay, then we play something else. With some. There's a lot of stuff to try to get to the table. I like it for a lot of variety. I mean, we played a pretty good number of games of Star Realms in a row, and I find my, I found myself sitting here since then going, like, man, I'd like to play that again. And that is a really good sign. Not like, oh, I want to see what the next thing is. I want to go back and play that. So I put trains there. I'm going to go ahead and say for now that Asian games don't count until they're released in the market where we have contact with. So trains I'd put in there. I agree with you, Mike. I, I don't think it's some exciting, brand new, innovative thing. It, it's you know very much Dominion with a board. Yeah, but it's you know peanut butter and chocolate. It's two good things smushed together in a good way. Yeah. It's not just that Trains is like a Dominion clone. It's that some of the cards it decided to clone and put together are not really ideal to me. You get a lot of decks that like are just keep drawing cards, and everybody's just sitting around the table like, okay, well, it's been five minutes, and it almost turns back into Solo. But still, it overcame that for me because the the interaction between the board and the cards. I don't know. Yeah, so I like Trains, and I will add a third in and say, and Viticulture as well, and... And I would say, well, I, I would say, I am saying that right now, Viticulture is the game of the year or whatever for me for 2013. I think that is the best of the new games from 2013 that I've played so far. 
So there you go. Now we just need to get like a strange assembly game of the years award to give out seal or something. And like they can, they can throw it on the box and ray. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll get right on that. <laughs> yes, yes. And people will be like the what? Who? Huh? Oh dear. But no, I mean, well, and that's, well, that's, that's saying something. Cause that's, I mean, that right. That was the one game that all three of us mentioned. So they are clearly doing something right. Or did something right. I guess that is, is it for 2013? I don't even, I, I'm not even ready to think about what's happening in 2014 yet, except for Ivory Edition with, with Legend of the Five Rings, because there's so much 2013 still to work I'm, through. Oh, right. For I mean, because there's so much Ivory Edition to work through. <laughs> but that, that too, yeah, I, I think the next month is going to be very, uh, hunker down on the, the Ivory Edition uh, deck building. And if for, some, for those of us who are listening and are not part of our Legend of the Five Rings audience, that's the Legend of the Five Rings CCG's new base set, uh, which at the time we're recording this just got the, the full spoilers put up and will go on sale in, in February. We highly recommend it for those of you who don't loathe CCGs with every fiber of your being, which I understand is a non-trivial portion of the board gaming community, but, you know, doesn't conclude us. That was the year in gaming 2013 from Strange Assembly with a big thumbs up for Viticulture. But we'd like to hear from you here, your thoughts on 2013, hear your thoughts on this episode, what you'd like to hear in the future. You can reach us at facebook.com slash strangeassembly at strangeassembly.com on Twitter. You can check out our website, strangeassembly.com com or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can contact me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com. But until then, for Jay Earl and Mike Cook, I'm Chris Stevenson, and never stop gaming. Time to go crush the grapes.